For I want to, for I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's pray. God, we come before you um, just expecting, Lord, that you would bless us, Lord, and um, be with us as we learn about um, Eastern mysticism, Lord, and just the trap it is, God, and the falsehood it is, um, and how anti-Christ it is, Lord. Maybe, may we be equipped, Lord, to um, just understand it, understand uh, the, different, um, the differences as well. And Father, may, be, may we be equipped, Lord, to go out and um, just have a context um, to share the gospel to um, perhaps neighbors or friends or people we meet. And Father, grow a heart in us, Lord, of compassion um, towards these people that most of them, especially those in their native countries, grew up in this system. And the majority have never heard the name of Christ or the gospel. So grow a heart in us as well, Lord. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 So uh, we'll be covering Eastern mysticism. The majority of this will be Hinduism, but I'll touch a little bit on Buddhism. And if I have time, I'll talk about the New Age and how really Eastern mysticism has morphed here in the United States into the New Age movement. So Hinduism, a little bit of background. It's around four to 6,000 years old. They say it's the oldest religion in the world. And it's interesting that it's four to 6,000 years. If you do a timeline of the Bible, that's around the, you know, just how old the earth is. Um, so it, it's probably the first false religion, or the oldest you know, um, false religion in the world. Um, the first religion, obviously, is the worship of the one true God, Jehovah. It originated in India, um, around a billion Hindus around the world. Um, India alone is a country of a billion people. So the majority, you would imagine, is over there, and 2.5 million here in the United States. Uh, just a little background of me, I, I lived in India for a, about a year um, as a... I, I, I'm always hesitant to say the word missionary because I went with the organization that wasn't sound. Um, but over there is where I found Reformed Theology out of all places pretty, pretty early since when I moved over there and just grew a heart to share the gospel, the biblical gospel, the gospel of grace, and um, just grew a heart for the Indian people while, while I was over there. And I'll share a little bit more about that uh, later. So what are some core beliefs of Hinduism? Who, who here is familiar at all with Hinduism, a little bit of what they believe. Okay, some of you, few of you. So, just very simple. Uh, what do they believe about God and what are their holy scriptures? So, in Hinduism, there is one universal soul or reality, or we can say even God, and it's called Brahman. Okay? And it, it, we, we think of Hinduism as a polytheistic religion, and it is, but 
those deities are really uh, manifestations or um, they're avatars of this one true reality, which is Brahman, with the N at the end. Okay, Brahman. Uh, it's formless, genderless, and it's the source of all reality. And as I said, all, all these deities that we hear of, right, are essentially just uh, emanations, right, or manifestation of this one true reality, Brahman. And so in Hinduism, they, they, they have like an unholy trinity, right? We call it an unholy trinity of, of consisting of Brahma, not to be confused with Brahman, right? The one true reality. This Brahma is the creator God. There is Vishnu, the preserver, or the, 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 one of, the God of life, we could say, and Shiva, the destroyer. And these, the, these gods even have more avatars and more manifestations and incarnations. Like Krishna, we heard of the Hare Krishnas, right? That Krishna is an, an emanation or an avatar of, uh, of um, uh, Lord uh, Vishnu, right? The preserver, right? So uh, Vishnu is seen as, um, and Krishna as well, is seen as, as preserving the order of the world, Right, which is they call Dharma, right? Where uh, Dharma is basically um, the purpose or the the good behavior of human man, of humankind. There needs to be a balance between good and evil, and the, these the, these incarnations will come to Earth to um, step in and preserve that balance. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. Right? Other famous gods. There's just so many. Um, Ganesha. Right, it's the remover of obstacles. Right, uh, so you'll see Ganesha is, is the the one with the elephant head. You've seen those, right? You guys familiar with that? Yeah, um, you'll see that a lot in like businesses and you know business people as as their god. Right, he the one that that removes obstacles. Right, um, other gods, um, Saraswati, right, the god of learning, arts, music, Lakshmi, uh, the god of prosperity. As I mentioned, all these de- deities have a, a number of avatars or incarnations. And uh, one of the most famous ones, as I said, is Krishna, right? And depending on which text you read, there's either you know, 33 main gods to 330 million gods, right? A uh, good range there, right? And they have many sacred texts, and about, you know, a lot, too many to count. But um, the, the major ones are the Vedas. Uh, uh, the Upanishads and the Bhagavad uh, I always I could never get this right uh, Bhagavad Gita have any of you been familiar with that the Bhagavad Gita yeah, right. that's pretty much the, the introductory um, literature that they present to you right? and um, the, Ved- the Vedas it, it means knowledge in Sanskrit right? and they're basically poems, songs Rituals, curses, um, also the Upanishads uh, is basically um, the Vedas explained, right? So it's a lot of Hindu philosophy, Hindu belief, um, the, a lot of their core beliefs explained. And the Bhagavad Gita, or the Gita as they, they, they call it, is uh, a story. A story of uh, Krishna, one of these avatars of Lord Vishnu, right? And... This, this story of, of a civil war between uh, this family of, of kings. 
And they're all, they're all fighting because, you know, they all want to be, you know, king. And, and so these, these five kings versus these other, uh, these, um, these other leaders. And this man named Arjuna is a bower, right? And he, he asked Krishna to take him to the, the battlefront to see who he's fighting against. And since there's a civil war within his own family, he sees his relatives, he sees that he's about to kill his, you know, he, he gives a list of grandparents and, and, and sons and daughters and, and all these relatives on the other side. And, and so Arjuna, is, 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 he's distraught, right? Because he's a soldier, and, but he doesn't want to um, kill his own relatives. So this whole dialogue is Krishna telling him, well, ultimately it doesn't matter because, you know, you can't kill their soul. The soul is, is eternal. So if you kill them, only the body dies, but their soul will reincarnate and, and go into another body. That's pretty much uh, what, what that's, uh, that story is about. And, and, and in this Gita, we see a lot of their core principles of reincarnation, the caste system, um, all these core beliefs of Hindu doctrine that, um, that, that come in, in that story, Right? So, I'll talk a little bit more about that. So, what do they believe about man and salvation? So, man and all living things um, have an individual, eternal soul, right, of the same essence as Brahman. So, think of Brahman as an ocean, right? And we as individual souls are like droplets of water. And our goal is to eventually rejoin that essence, rejoin that one reality, and they call that as the, the, the true self, as the Brahman. The true self, and we are individual selves, need to uh, become self-realized to join back to um, our source. Right? Um, so, they, they believe also that all matter is, is temporal and not as important compared to the spiritual. Right? And I put um, the Gita there, right? Talking about, you know, He's distraught about destroying this, this man, Arjuna. And Krishna basically is like, you know, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and kill your relatives, right? As their, their souls will reincarnate, but you need to uh, do what is right. It's really interesting. So life is cyclical. And, and when one dies, the soul enters a new body. This is known as reincarnation or transmigration. And the goal of this cycle is to end it. Right and to achieve what they call moksha, and is the end of this cycle of life and death. Right, entering new bodies, and the way you end it is uh, uh, realizing your oneness, your union, or the the, the word in, in Sanskrit is yoga. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Yoga literally means union. So think about when you know Christian yoga. Right, you ever heard of that? You're uniting yourself to these pagan deities. Yoga means union. And, and there's different ways to achieve this end of this cycle, this moksha, this salvation, right? Um, these different ways can be, uh, I, I listed a few there, is janana, uh, bhakti, karma, right? All these are, are different ways you can pursue salvation or pursue enlightenment or pursue self-realization. Like Janana is, is the, the, the way of knowledge, right? So you can become a monk or you can uh, study the, the scriptures. 
Baki is the way of, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank here. Baki is the way, um, okay, it'll come back to me. Karma is, is obviously the way of doing good deeds, right? Doing good deeds. And as you uh, continue to do good deeds, this you'll have a better life and a better life and a better life and, and uh, eventually um, escape this cycle of reincarnation. Also, they have this caste system, right? Explained in the Vedas, explained in the Gita as well, uh, where we think of the caste system as... Um, what, is, what is what? Give me some thoughts on what do you think the caste system? Uh, what have you heard about, Aaron? Depending on how you live your previous life, right, right. That's more the concept of of karma, right? Right. Uh, based on what? Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is, right? Uh, they're basically statuses of of. It, it's really. Um, like occupation type, right? Uh, so the top would be like the priests, the bottom would be like the, the traders, the peasants, right? And then at the bottom you have untouchables. You've heard of that, right? The untouchables, right? And um, there's um, literature that came out later that, you know, described that, you know, once you're in a caste system, you cannot leave that caste, right? And so that's what, what, what came of, of uh, the oppression and the t- almost the racism and the classism that we see uh, in, in India, you know, it really is, um, and and really the the modern Indian does they don't follow the caste system. Um, some of them might want to marry within their caste, but uh, it's you know you work in a in a company and you know you don't care who you're working with, right? Um, it's really um, that's a good thing that it's it's gone away because it's been a, a really source of oppression for you know the poor and those that are unskilled. Yeah, and any questions so far about Hinduism? Yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. The idea of like being separated from that main river of Yeah, um not sure. I think I think it's just uh it's just the process of, of enlightenment, the process of self realization. I'm not sure of the you know why why they say it was like that, you know really these the the their scriptures are, are filled with contradictions, and you know I would I remember I would ask a lot of Indians you know do you really believe that you know uh, the, these stories because some of them are just like you know that you know the I think one of them was the earth was was drowning in the ocean I don't know how that <laughs> works right and then so uh, Brahma came as an avatar and he had to pull the, the, the world out of the ocean, right? And so these kind of stories that are just ridiculous. And, and, uh, and, and I would remember asking, like, taxi drivers, the common people that I would talk to, and I would say, but do you really believe this, like, as historical fact? Uh, and they would say no, right? Uh, but there are, you know, certain parts of, you know, s- certain people that, that take it literally. I think uh, um, Modi, right, um, the president of, of India, the prime minister of India, actually believes that, you know, you know that that everything that these scriptures he takes it as literal, um, literal interpretation of that. Um, so it's it's very difficult to to um, to kind of pinpoint like this is what this is the doctrine of you know origin within Hinduism. Even they have many stories of creation, right? I think one, another one was 
that a lotus flower came from the belly button of, of uh, I think it was Vishnu, and Brahma comes out, right? And then he, he starts creating the world, right? Um, and so they're, they're just very strange and, and very uh, almost mythical, right? Um, so yeah, um, so you, you go to a temple and basically what you see is rituals being done. But at the center of each temple is the deity, right? And around the deity is like a walkway, right? And so the point of, of that is to go inside and walk around the deity, you know, observe it, um, receive blessing from it, receive, you know, I even saw a video of like how uh, they, they install these copper plates in these temples so that it could give off these, you know, m- this magnetic field and you can receive positive vibes and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's very... Uh, and, and people do this stuff, you know. Thousands and thousands of people are going into these temples, right, receiving the blessing from the priest. And it, it's, it's very sad. It's really very sad to see that. Uh, you'll see thousands of shrines throughout the streets, right, and people paying homage to these, uh, whatever God is in that shrine. And it's extremely sad, especially when you see what it has produced, the poverty right in in india is insane the hunger the uh just the the depravity over there um it's it's really sad and and, and we we really need to pray to pray for world missions because it's one of the most unreached places in the world people have never heard the name of jesus christ they don't know have any concept of the gospel people that i lived in a pretty big city in the city of chennai where actually uh, daniel and jemima are from and um, even there, meeting people, evangelizing, pretty modernized city. People hadn't, some of them didn't know who Jesus Christ was, never heard the gospel. And so that's pretty much Hinduism in a nutshell. Any questions on Hinduism? It's a very brief uh, introduction to it. Yeah, for sure. Versus, like you said, big city. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's truly sad. Well, they do actually, I remember I got a few of them go door to door and, you know, they spread literature. Um, so so th- there is that type of uh, um, proselytizing, right? But, um, you know, what, what, what was your first question about services? 
I would say the majority is is through a it's like a cultural thing, right? It's a tradition. It's kind of you just grow up learning as you go. There's no formal teaching, uh, at least for the people that that I, I knew. But I, mean, I can imagine uh, there's definitely um, the priests are available for teaching. So, do you know any of that, Daniel? Yeah. Any t- But in terms of like discipleship or like, you know, learning. Yeah, and they'll take them out and you know for some fresh air and here and then, right? And parade them around and you know all these people come out and it's like you can't get past like you're not gonna leave that you know you're just blocked off if you're in a car, right? Yeah. Mm. You have to do everything for him, right? Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so the, a lot of the uh, evangelistic encounters, most of them, you know, the common Hindu, he would call himself a Hindu, but he, he didn't really like, you know, debate. We didn't really debate Hinduism. We were just talking about truth. What is truth? And it was really like talking to an atheist almost, you know, uh, and, and just establishing a creator God and talking about sin because they do have a concept of guilt and sin. You know, I, I would ask them, you know, what do you do with your guilt, you know? And they would immediately feel like this, the shame, you know, of, of their own sin. And, uh, and, and just the concept of Jesus, you know, um, if you're not careful, they just want to add Jesus to their list of gods, right? You know, they just want to add Jesus as, as one, another deity, right? And so preaching the exclusivity of Christ. And, um, and it's really interesting um, just to go over there and, you know, just seeing people's reactions to, you know, the word Jesus or <laughs> the, just the gospel, you know, and at, want, wanting to know, have you ever heard this before? You know, and they were just like, no, I've never heard this, you know. Um, some obviously have, and, and there's a Roman Catholic presence over there, which is basically like Hindu, like mixed with Catholicism. It's really pagan and weird. Um, but I remember uh, being out in, the, in, in this, they were doing some construction at a, at a Roman Catholic church, and these construction workers was, uh, were, um, you know, they're, they're working, he's, and I see this guy, he's, he's sitting down, he's taking a break, and I just, you know, we're, we're doing these prayer walks where we would just walk and pray and, you know, wait for opportunities. And uh, his name was Kumar, right? And, and I start, you know, sharing the gospel with him. And how, how, I, how that happened was, you know, I asked him, you know, what is going on here? He's like, oh, we're, we're, we're here working, we're constructing something. And, uh, and I asked him, are you a Roman Catholic? And he's like, no, I'm a Hindu. And then I said, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, so what do you know about Catholicism? He's like, uh, I don't know, but I just know that they think that Jesus is going to come back or something like that. And I just saw that as like a, the door wide open, right, to share the gospel. So you have a Hindu in a Roman Catholic church asking me about Jesus, right? And uh, I just start sharing the gospel with him, man, and his, his tears are coming into his eyes. And, and uh, I don't know if he understood everything I said, but uh, I just asking him, like, have you ever heard this before, right? And he was like, no, no, I never heard this before. And, and it just, you know, him giving me a lead, like telling me, oh, like I'll only serve Christ from now on. But I mean, I don't know what happened from there, right? But just those kind of encounters that you see that you'll, you'll, um, you'll come across. And I'll share a, one of the, the bigger testimonies that I have uh, towards the end. So uh, any other questions on Hinduism or comments? Aaron, go ahead. <laughs> I thought it was interesting what you said about debating the, the guy that sounded atheist because the first time I ever read a Bhagavad Gita was from uh, the atheist booth. They quoted a lot. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder why. It, I mean, it's a it's a cool story in the sense, like of you know, it's an allegory kind of you know, uh, and it's, I mean, it's not all wrong. It's some things are just nature's nature, right? And God's, all truth is God's truth. Yeah, brother. I didn't. No, no. So um, I've heard different variations of it, but ultimately, you know, they they revere the cow. First of all, you know, you never know who is. What soul is in that cow, right? 
So, uh, but also, um, the cow is revered because it's a, it's a source of, like, it's a blessing from the gods. It's a source of you know, food, you know, it's a source of milk, right? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, a, a cow is parked in the middle of the street, and, like, everybody stops, you know? And uh, um, what, what do you think, Daniel? I mean, what's the common understanding of, yeah, the, the, the cow is sacred, the cow is holy? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sambiria. Yep. Lakshmi. Yeah. Yeah, but some Hindus do do eat meat, right? Do eat beef. Some Hindus do eat beef. Yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean by it. it's like a source of, you know, all these benefits, all these blessings, right? Yeah, there's so many we can talk about, for sure. Yeah, this is a really broad overview. Um, so, just really quickly, Buddhism, which has a lot of similarities um, to Hinduism, but it's around 3,000 years old. Uh, the founder is, I always mess up his name, is Sid, Siddhartha Gautama, right, um, from Nepal. And, and he has a really, it's, it's mostly legend, the origin of, of, of the Buddha, right? But basically, his father had received a prophecy from um, this sire, basically, and said uh, um, uh, they were very, very wealthy, and, and Buddha lived in this palace. And so he said, if, if, your, if your son ever leaves this castle and sees the suffering of the world, he's going to become this, this spiritual leader, right? 
And so his, his dad didn't want him to become, you know, spiritual or, or he wanted to, you know, be, be like him, in other words, right? And so he, he was like coddled from, you know, very little, you know, and any, ty- any type of suffering was, or any old people, any type of like death or any um, hints of, 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 uh, of just suffering in the world was, was um, taken away from him. I guess one day he, he goes out. I don't know if he snuck out or what, but he sees like a corpse. He sees an old man. He sees sickness, and that troubles him. And so he, he sure enough, he leaves home, and he, he goes off to meditate for years with a, a group of Hindus. And, but he never really gets enlightenment. He, he always finds this problem of suffering in the world. And so he finally, you know, basically goes his own way, and after, I think, six years of meditation, he comes to the conclusion that the problem of this world is suffering. And the way to get rid of suffering is ridding yourself of all desire. And it's, uh, they have four points in Buddhism. The first one is there is suffering or there is... Uh, don't think suffering as you know, just uh, the physical suffering or in this life or, or um, the emotional suffering. But think of it as, as this world is, is, doesn't satisfy you. This world... Well, is lacking. And so the, the reason is because of desires. Because you don't have what you want, you suffer. You're not content. And so the way to find nirvana, this eternal bliss, this self-realization, this similar concept of Hinduism, is to rid yourself of all desires. So you're, I guess that would be a desire, right? <laughs> the, the desire to rid yourself of all desires, right? Um, so... Um, and how to do that is, you know, following the eight points or the what they call the, the the eightfold path of Buddhism. It's basically like right understanding leads to basically all these steps, which leads to right living, and you know, uh, um, um, it's really um, positive thinking, meditation. All, they give you all these works, basically. So um, that's Buddhism in a really fast nutshell, because we got a, a few minutes here, and I want to um, share a testimony. Um, other cults and, and sects that have come you know, from um, Eastern mysticism is really what we see in the New Age movement in our modern day. Um, this fascination with, you know, all these... And the New Age is basically a stirring pot of all these pagan, you know, religions. Hinduism, Buddhism, you know, Kabbalah, Wiccanism, right? All these witchcraft um, and it's basically the same concept. You want to have self-realization. want to connect yourself to the universe. It's that same concept. And you do that through these different experiences. Yoga and um, the tarot cards. All these, anything that works for you, basically. Um, and I was interesting uh, to find out that Susan came, came out of that. And, and she was able to share her testimony with me a little bit. Any, any thoughts on that, Susan? I know you're far away, but... I'll re- yeah. We don't really hear you, but I, I can, you know, give them a summary. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You guys hear most of that? Yeah? Right. Yeah, we see that with like Christ consciousness and stuff like that. Using the name of Christ. You know, you think, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, right? But it's just something totally pagan, totally different um, from that. Um, any thoughts on the New Age or Buddhism? Um, Jen? I mean, I would, I think I would just say, how consistent are those scriptures? It doesn't matter how old they are, if they're, uh, you know, self-contradicting, you know, it can't be the word of God, right? And it's just, if, if you even read some of this stuff, it's just, you know, uh, it's, um, it's almost infantile, right? Some of these stories. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and ultimately, it's the spirit that convinces the person, you know, of the word of God. Uh, and and that's really my exhortation today is you know uh, it, there's really um, it's it's helpful to understand um, Hinduism and Buddhism but at the end of the day you know it's the spirit of God working through us you know uh, saving these people right uh, it's it's the spirit of God opening their eyes to the lies of Hinduism to the lies of their scriptures to the lies of of um, of their practices right um, it's listening to a um, a testimony of a, a guy that got saved during a Burning Man. Have you guys heard of that? The Burning Man celebrations they have in the desert and stuff like that. 
And uh, he found Christ there, right? And it's, it's God that saves um, um, people from the New Age, even people that are, you know, with the New Age, you'll have, like, you know, getting into, like, alien worship and stuff like that, right? And, and, or alien abductions. And I've, I've heard a lot of testimonies being saved when they, and these, these experiences are real. They're demonic, right? We, we don't believe that they're Martians, but they're just demons, right? And so they, they, in, in their view, they're getting abducted by aliens in, in astral projection or something like that, right? Something extremely pagan. And then they shout the name of Jesus and then everything stops or, or they wake up or um, they, they experience some, some type of liberation for that brief moment. I've, I've gone through so many uh, testimonies of people saying the name of Jesus during these, these, uh, these horrible trips, right? And everything stops, and, and they see, wow, there's power in the name of Jesus, right? And, uh, you know, some of them, that leads them to, to become saved. Um, so I, I want to end with, with a, a story that, you know, I, I don't really share a lot, but, um, you know, it's probably one of the, the, the best things that has ever happened to me. Um, in India, I, I was able to meet um, this um, common... Well, oh, other than my wife, that's, you know, <laughs> she's like, what about me? <laughs> uh, I was the second best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> uh, I was able to meet a, a man, a young man by the name of Nivas, and uh, we were out, you know, ministering to uh, orphans. And I had just been like a month and a few weeks in India, and I'm, you know, trying to love on these children, and, and this guy, you know, comes up to me, young man, didn't, I didn't really think much of him, I thought he was, you know, just there to help, but I guess he wanted to talk to me, asking me, like, you know, brother, can I talk to you, I have a lot of problems, and, and, uh, and, and I was just trying to kind of push him off, trying to say, you know, I'm here for the orphans, you know, something in me told me I had, I had to talk to him, we sat down, had like a 30-minute 30 conver- 30 conversation, he's telling me about his problems, you know, he was there from a vill- he, he lived in a village. He's come to the big city to provide for, you know, his mom and sisters. And he's telling me all the, his problems. He's been sleeping on temples and the steps of temples. He has nowhere to go, no money. And, and I just start sharing the gospel. And, and he, this is broken English, okay? So I'm like, you bad. God good. God angry at you. Jesus Christ, right? And and he's like trying his hardest. He's like, yes, yes, yes. And um and and he's you know, he speaks broken English as well. And so we're just there trying to have this gospel conversation, right? And you know, I pray for him and he's like, please help me, you know, I, I need I need help. And I, I just remember feeling so guilty. I, I gave all the money in my, my pocket and I said, Give me your number. I don't know how I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you. So I, I pray for a week, how am I gonna help this guy? And and I'm just meditating to Matthew 25, right? The king comes back, separating the goats from the sheep, right? And to the sheep, he says, you fed me, you took care of me, you, you clothed me, right? And so I'm like, man, long story short, right? I'm just like, I think I'm going to ask this guy to live with me. <laughs> and so I talked to my leaders. I talked to my roommate. He's like, yeah, this is what we came here for. Young single guy, right? Well, well you, know, uh, um, you know, I don't know if this guy's going to kill me in my sleep and, you know, right? So I, I, I remember meeting up with him. We took him out to eat, and we, 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 I told him, come to my home. And we got to our house. I gave him a Bible. 
We open Exodus 20, right? You shouldn't have no other gods. And he said, I want you to come live with me. But I'm going to teach you about Jesus. This guy was a Hindu. Like he had a om, this, this signal of, of Hinduism in his, tattooed in his arm. And I, and I said, I'm going to teach you about Jesus, right? So every day in the scriptures, sharing the gospel, right? And, uh, and, and this guy became born again. I, there's no other way. Like he's not, you know? Uh, I remember one day he came in, and he's like, I re-, like he had this self-realization, like, I realize everything that has happened, me meeting you, you, you invited me to my home, is, is all God's grace. He told me that. And, and I, I remember leave, like a year in, he lived with me for like around 11 months. And, uh, and this guy, was ev- he went everywhere with me. He was like my, he was my translator, right? So he, he would translate when I would share the gospel to the taxi drivers. And so he learned how to share the gospel through translating for me. And so he started doing it on his own. And, uh, and right now he's in North India. He's married to a Christian wife. He's working at a Christian school. Like he's, he's, a, he's a brother. We still talk to his day. And I remember Lee, right before I, I was going to come back to get married to Leslie, I just wanted to make sure, you know, like, are you sure you're born again, right? And I'll end with this. He, he mentioned that he, before knowing Christ, he would go to the temples, past the shrines, and feel this burden to pay homage to that God or to that shrine, whatever God was in that shrine. And he's like, I no longer feel that at all. I only serve Jesus Christ. So there is hope for the Eastern mysticism. There's, there's hope for um, um, the, those elect that are in these uh, pagan wicked religions and all we have to do we're equipped with the gospel brothers and sisters so um be bold and 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 share the gospel you know and 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 know that that god will will, you know his sheep will hear his voice amen yeah any last comments questions yeah let's pray lord we thank you father for um your truth um and just the as Pastor Steve was saying, how our faith is, is reasonable. It makes sense, Lord. But Father, it, it didn't make sense at one point. And we were trapped in our sin. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, Lord. We were blind to see the glory of Christ. And, and maybe we only saw Christ as a mere teacher or a mere prophet. But Father, you unveiled our eyes. You gave us spiritual life that we might see the glory of king jesus and the will to live for him and we pray lord that you would do that amongst those that are enslaved and entrapped in these religions these cults of hinduism and buddhism and all uh, the different branches from from those um, religions lord would you save your elect father and give us a burden, a burden for all the, the, the cults and religions that we'll learn about, Lord. But Father, especially those that have never heard of the name of Christ, send uh, um, your servants, Lord. And Father, would you equip us, Lord, to even be an impact to those um, who are here in San Diego, God. So uh, we, we love you, Father, and um, just thank you, Father, for your word and how it equips us, Lord, to defend the faith. In Jesus' name, amen.